I'm Dean Schraffnagel, Deputy Editor of the Annals of the American Thoracic Society. The February issue of the Annals commemorates the 50th anniversary of the Surgeon General's report on smoking and health. Today, I'm speaking with Dr. Bradley Drummond, who with Dr. Donna Upson wrote an article entitled Electronic Cigarettes, Potential Harms and Benefits that appears in the February issue of the Annals of the American Thoracic Society. Dr. Drummond is an assistant professor in pulmonary and critical care medicine at Johns Hopkins University in Baltimore. Welcome, Dr. Drummond. Thank you for having me. First of all, what is an e-cigarette? I think maybe most of us know by now, but there may be some that don't. Well, that's a great question. You know, this is a technology that's been around since around 2004, but in fact, a lot of people aren't very familiar with it. The e-cigarette is a new type of method to deliver nicotine into the body. This device uses an electronic system rather than burning or combustion like a typical cigarette to aerosolize the nicotine. The e-cigarettes come in many different shapes and sizes. Some are designed to look like conventional combustible cigarettes and Others are more stylized or abstract in appearance. But at the core, all e-cigarettes contain three components, a power source, an electronic heating element, and a liquid cartridge. And all of these are contained in the device. The liquid cartridge contains varying amounts of nicotine, uh, also a stabilizing compound such as propylene glycol or vegetable glycerin, and sometimes flavoring additives such as menthol or tobacco flavor or fruit flavors. And when activated by an inhalation from the user, the heating element atomizes or vaporizes the nicotine-containing liquid, creating an aerosolized nicotine vapor and a visible plume that resembles smoke, uh, similar to a combustible cigarette. The vapor is actually similar in appearance to the theatrical fog or smoke generated at musical or stage performances, except that it contains nicotine and other chemicals. Because the device creates a vapor which is inhaled into the lungs, the term for this process, rather than smoking, is called vaping. And that Mm -hmm. fundamentally is what an e-cigarette is. Wow. And why are they important? Well, they're important for several reasons. These devices represent the newest form of nicotine delivery to hit the marketplace in several years, and they're hitting the market pretty hard. Most major U.S. and European tobacco companies are heavily invested in the electronic cigarette market, with recent reports of marketing budgets increasing from just under a $1 million in 2011 to over $12 million in 2012. And along with this marketing, the sales of e-cigarettes are increasing exponentially. E-cigarettes can be bought at most convenience stores, but they're also available at specialty shops and also for purchase on the Internet. And the proof of success in marketing and sales is the increasing use of e-cigarettes among, importantly, both current smokers and those with no prior nicotine or cigarette use. The percent of U.S. adult smokers trying e-cigarettes has increased from 10% to 21% between 2010 and 2011. The use of e-cigarettes among U.S. middle and high school students has more than doubled from 2011 to 2012, with the most recent statistics showing that one out of 10 high school students have tried e-cigarettes. And with the increasing social presence and the rapid uptake of e-cigarettes by both the young and the old, physicians and researchers need to be familiar with the potential harms and benefits of this new nicotine delivery device. That's uh, impressive. But people would argue that the electronic cigarette is less harmful than regular cigarettes, and how would you respond to that? Well, this is clearly the most hotly debated question about, around e-cigarettes. And from my perspective, it's all about how you define harm. We can think about the potential harms of e-cigarettes at the societal 
population level or at the individual level. At the population level, there is a very significant concern that electronic cigarettes can serve as a gateway to conventional cigarette use. Uh, this is a valid concern when we think about the doubling of e-cigarette use among high school students. It's possible that many of these adolescents would have never been exposed to nicotine, and they may ultimately become chronically nicotine addicted. In fact, we know from data in 2012 that 20% of middle school and 7% of high school ever e-cigarette users reported never smoking conventional cigarettes. So it's possible that e-cigarettes are a gateway to chronic nicotine addiction. And as well, the widespread use and visibility of e-cigarettes may renormalize and re-glamorize smoking, which potentially could reverse decades of efforts by the public health and medical communities. And it's for these reasons that those viewing the landscape from a population perspective view e-cigarettes as harmful. However, at the individual level, e-cigarettes could be less harmful in two ways. First, as a harm reduction strategy for those unable to quit conventional cigarettes due to high nicotine addiction. Second, as a smoking cessation tool to help conventional cigarette users successfully quit all nicotine products. So let's take the first situation where e-cigarettes can be a harm reduction strategy. Clearly, absolute cessation of nicotine-containing products is the goal of care. This is especially true in adolescents and pregnant women where nicotine itself, regardless of the form delivered, could negatively impact brain development. But there are a group of smokers uninterested or unable to quit smoking conventional cigarettes. And in this situation, e-cigarettes may be less harmful. Granted, there's still a lot unknown about e-cigarettes. Early studies have shown that e-cigarettes do contain harmful components such as volatile organic compounds and tobacco-specific nitrosamines. These are known carcinogens. But the range of these compounds was 9 to 450-fold lower than combustible cigarettes. So does this mean that e-cigarettes are safe long-term? Well, we simply don't know that yet. To date, there are no data on long-term cardiovascular, cancer, or lung function harms. But we certainly know that combustible cigarettes are harmful in the long-term. So I don't think we should entirely eliminate e-cigarettes as a harm reduction strategy in those unwilling or unable to quit conventional cigarettes. Now, how about as a smoking cessation tool to help people entirely quit smoking? Several studies have shown that in conventional cigarette smokers not interested in quitting, the use of these cigarettes can lead to decreased conventional cigarette use, with most reductions from one pack a day down to five cigarettes a day. But there's no data on how this translates to a health benefit. A large clinical trial randomized around 650 people who wanted to quit to one of three interventions, either an e-cigarette a placebo e-cigarette or a 21 milligram nicotine patch. And they also, the participants got telephone-based behavioral support. In this study, there was no significant difference in six-month verified abstinence rates with all interventions equally ineffective at promoting cessation, around 4 to 7%. Notably, cessation rates were quite low in the study, which reinforces the challenges of achieving durable cessation. And with the findings from the study and lack of additional studies comparing e-cigarettes to other forms of nicotine replacement therapy, there really are no data supporting e-cigarettes as a more effective tool than available FDA-approved nicotine replacement therapies for smoking cessation. So to answer the question, are cigarettes more or less harmful than conventional cigarettes? At the population level, they're likely more harmful. In the smoker unmotivated or unwilling to quit, there may be benefit. But in smokers interested in quitting, there's no data showing e-cigarettes are more effective than other nicotine replacement therapies. Yeah, and I guess that answers a, a, a next question that I'd have is that individuals say, ask, how is it different than other nicotine devices? Doctors prescribe patches and gum, and, and yet they're opposed to the electronic cigarettes. But I think maybe you've answered that question. 
Sure. I think that the fundamental difference right now is that, you know, there are several different, like you say, patches, gum, lozenge, and all of these are regulated by the FDA and required to have quality control and production. Currently, e-cigarettes are unregulated. And so these different devices and devices from the same company may have varying levels of nicotine and other additives. And there's non-uniformity in the nicotine delivery based on the device, as well as the what we call the inhalation topography, that is how the user uses the e-cigarette. And so these characteristics make it, the e-cigarette quite different from other FDA-approved nicotine replacement forms. So the FDA is not regulating them at all. Is that, that correct? Well, currently the FDA has not issued a statement on e-cigarette regulation, although one is anticipated soon. The FDA could choose to regulate these devices either as tobacco products or as a tool for the treatment of tobacco dependence. And it's believed that the FDA will regulate e-cigarettes as tobacco products, although this is not for certain. As of February 23, 2014, the White House Office of Management and Budget has received the FDA's regulation proposals for approval, so we should know more in the next month. In the absence of FDA regulations, some city and state governments, as well as private corporations, are instituting e-cigarette bans. These have been discussed in New York City, Chicago, and most recently Los Angeles, and as well some countries have entirely banned e-cigarette use as well. Another question that comes to me fairly frequently is, what about the passive smoke from e-cigarettes? So if you're on an airplane and the person next to you is smoking an e-cigarette, are you going to be harmed or am I going to be harmed by that? So that's a great and important question. There are studies that have examined the constituents of e-cigarette vapor and indirect inhalation of this vapor impact on non-users. The exhaled vapor does have detectable levels of nicotine and small particulate matter. While the nicotine levels are about tenfold lower than that from conventional cigarettes, secondhand smoke, and the particulate matter is about fivefold lower than conventional cigarettes, in an indoor environment, such as a restaurant or an airplane, non-users could potentially be exposed to these constituents. This has an important impact on e-cigarette usage in public places and certainly is something that will need further study. So how would you advise physicians or just maybe the general public about the use of electronic cigarettes? How how would you see things happening in the near future and, and how should we respond to questions or use? Yeah, so first, if you've never used other nicotine-containing products, avoid e-cigarettes as well. Avoidance of nicotine-containing products is the best practice. Second, parents, physicians, and especially pediatricians should be aware of the growing popularity of e-cigarettes among younger populations. Parents and children should be counseled as to the harms of nicotine, regardless of the delivery method, on both adolescent brain development as well as future addiction. Third, for smokers who are trying to quit, there are proven methods of nicotine replacement therapy, and e-cigarettes have not been shown to fall into that category yet. And finally, for smokers who are unable or unwilling to quit conventional cigarettes, e-cigarettes can help reduce daily conventional cigarette consumption, which may be a way to reduce harm, although this is not entirely clear as of yet. Well, thank you. So this concludes our podcast for uh, the February issue of the Annals of the American Thoracic Society. And I've had for my guest today, Dr. Drummond, who is an expert on electronic cigarettes. Thank you, Dr. Drummond. Thank you very much.